thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Sack City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani. Joined as always. This is throwing it back old school. I don't even have a double lower third for us because we have not done a show by ourselves yet uh, at in the city. But so I am joined as always by your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, AJ Johnson. Hey. And of course, how to get an entrance, how to get an entrance. You know how he liked to do. Okay. He's, he's <laughs> playing, he's playing it off. All right. Hailing from Oak. What is it? Oak Grove? Oak, Elk Grove? Grove. Elk, Elk Grove? Elk Grove. Elk Grove. Elk Grove. <laughs> Hailing from Elk Grove, California, weighing in at 275 pounds. He is the reigning, defending undisputed fun in games friday champion of the world aaron the muke sire not good bob not good guys not good um was there like votes i missed on instagram or or Facebook or something? Wait, oh, I was I was referring to the last one. I definitely won the draft on Twitter. Hey, no, that was you. You technically did, but you technically didn't. I only ran that I'll, poll for a day by accident, so you only got one day's worth of votes and one. So you get an asterisk by your first Fun and Games Friday win. What you're saying is, in the shortest amount of time, people acknowledge that I had the best. Uh, you were able to so load up on fake. What do you think would have happened? You were, you you were you're able to load up on fake accounts in one day and and be able to spam those votes. We Do all I know, look like Dylan. We all we <laughs> all know J. A. Wanson ended up voting Damn, twice. Caught that? It's impressive. And it's yes, impressive. Yes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I had to call uh, a Doctor yes. Eve Austin Powers this morning at work. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> Doctor Eve Austin Powers. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, nah, you fake. You ain't a real person. <laughs> you this. ain't real. You ain't real. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast, episode 19, a beautiful fun and games Friday here in this city on April 15th. Uh, we've got a great show ahead of us. We are going to be breaking down probably the hardest position to rank uh, in this draft class, in my opinion, uh, because it is so tight. We're breaking down the top 10 wide receivers in this year's draft. We've got that. We've got news and nugs. We've got top stories. It's Friday. We're doing best in sports. We've got a loaded show. Uh, AJ, how are you feeling? Aaron, actually, Aaron, how are you feeling? You look uh, a little uncomfortable down there, probably because I gave you I gave you work with 
759 or at 759. We may or may not be doing news and nugs. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, we could... it's it's on its way. It's loading. But uh, then it was too big of a file for StreamYard. Oh, and so I here. just I just encoded it to a low bit rate. So I don't know what it's going to look like. Hey, but it should okay. it's loading in now. We'll 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 uh we'll see what we got here. But hey, we rock with it. We rock with it. Hey, we letting it ride. We letting it ride. We've got news and nugs coming up in just a little bit, but it is Friday. Let's get into the best in sports. AJ, kick us off. I am so offended. I am so offended. <laughs> I mean, you kind of made up for it by letting me go first. You go ask me how I feel, take it away, <laughs> and then not even care to ask me anymore how my day was. It's cool. Hey, Let's kick it off. Hey, you still in the, you still in the top right box? You still in the top right box That's today? Good, because I, I know, because I miss you being up at the top right. Oh, thanks, but you know. No, it's because I wasn't on the show in time. Let's be honest. Also true. So, also true. Something so AJ. trivial doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> that was behind the scenes stuff when I was saying all that. I don't give a damn. Um. So this actually, this is a, you know, this is going to be really weird. Can we go to Aaron first? It's just, it just, it no, no, I, no, no, I will, no, no. I will take it first. I will take it <laughs> no, first. I'm last. I'm last. The best thing in sports is the easiest thing in the world here because in last week I brought this man up for scoring the re- record breaking 25 power play goals in a season for the New York Rangers. This time I'm going back with him again. It's Mr. Chris Kreider for hitting the 50 goal mark in the NHL on Tuesday. I believe it was this was such a special moment. Obviously I have been around for big time moments in the New York Rangers uh, time of my existence, but nothing this special. I have not seen them win a cup. I have been a big Chris Kreider fan since his days at Boston college. We trained and worked out at the same place when I lived in Boston. This dude is special to me and to be able to watch him score 50 goals it was incredible although it was in a 4-2 loss to the carolina hurricanes on tuesday it was special uh chris Kreider, you are my hero you are my favorite player in the league you are usa hockey boy and you are chris mother effing Kreider. if you know me you will get that aj all right, so you'll understand in a little bit why, you know, I uh, said what I said. But um, the best thing in sports for me, I mean, we've been true to ourselves for the last couple of Fridays. Benny talks to hockey. I talk to basketball. And that's what I'm going to do here. Uh, we are talking about the best thing in sports being the NBA play-in tournament. The NBA play-in tournament brings so much passion and fire and excitement into the league. And it's just great Great basketball being played at its highest. This playing tournament has been amazing. Watching what the Minnesota Timberwolves are able to do to beat the Clippers with Paul George going off for 34 points and uh, taking it to the seven seed when nobody thought they'd be in the playoffs. Watching my Atlanta Hawks smock, smack LaMelo ball in the Hornets by 30. That one had me going. And watching Kyrie Irving go 12 for 12 in the first half, not missing a shot 100%. KD going 25 and 11 in the first half. These guys turned up so great. The NBA play-in tournament has been the best thing, one of the best things the NBA has done in recent memory for me. Because now it's much harder to tank. You've got people caring about basketball all the way down from the top of the conference at one down to the 12th seed trying to get into the playing tournament at 10. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It gets us ready for the playoffs. This excitement, this energy we saw, even from the Timberwolves and their celebration, will have us ready for this weekend for the playoffs. I'm hype. 
best thing in sports all week. Aaron. Look, you were on the right track, and you kind of mentioned it there at the end. I don't have many words. This was the best thing in sports, hands down. All those years, no one knows just how hard you work. But now it shows Copyright issues, don't get me, don't care. Uh, that just, that, I don't even have words for it. The way they celebrated was just absolutely foolish to me. But shout out to the NBA play-in tournament. And uh, I represent tonight with my Portland Trailblazers hat, not because they're in it, but because Mr. C.J. McCollum and the Hornets, or I'm sorry, and the um, ooh, Pelicans uh, are trying to get into the play-in game. And C.J. McCollum used to play for the Blazers, and I like him. So, yeah. Well done. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great video. It's a great video. <laughs> I will say I, I I do feel a little differently about their celebration uh, at this point in time. It still was too much, but like it stands for reason. I understand that. I forgot how much Minnesota has been through in the last two three years. Professional athletes, no excuse. What you talking about? The excuse is they're hyped for their fans. They're hyped for their city. Their city ain't been doing nothing but sitting in the courts for the last two damn years. Worry about police brutality and stuff. Nah, it, it, it mattered to everybody. I'm happy for it. It was a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, a little bit, but but I understand. The passion was there. I uh, I wish I would have just had a screen grab crazy. of Pat Bev crying at the end. I just, it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was our best thing in sports. We're going to now move on to a little bit of news and a little bit of nugs. And we're going to see how this one goes. That's right, gentlemen. It's time for news and nugs. The Indian or the Indianapolis Colts have signed Stephon Gilmore to a two-year, twenty-three million dollar deal with fourteen million dollars guaranteed. AJ, how big is this for the Indianapolis Colts? You're on mute, buddy. It's great. I love it. I'm happy to see him for a full season somewhere. One of the best people in this in as a cornerback, Stephon Gilmore of the Colts. Yay! Good job. I had so much more to say. <laughs> Sammy Watkins has signed a deal with the Green Bay Packers, hopefully filling that Devontae Adams role. Probably not. And also, A.J. Green is returning to the Arizona Cardinals. Which deal is more important, Aaron? I might surprise you, but I think it's Sammy Watkins. Uh, He's a really, really smart football player. If you can get a guy like Sammy Watkins in there with Aaron Rodgers, if he can stay healthy, heaven forbid, he can stay healthy, I think he can have an impact in that offense and maybe bring back some of those Mm -hmm. Buffalo days. Baker Mayfield feels disrespected by the Browns. AJ, does this matter? It does matter. Uh, Let's not forget he was a a first overall pick in 2018, and he's on the books for 18 million, 19 if you want to round up. Uh, Something's got to be done. Something has to happen, and he's going to have to show why he feels disrespected. Ooh, I got more time. Yeah, everything that AJ just said. And it was great. And it was beautiful. (laughs) 
<laughs> Geno Smith is back with the Seattle Seahawks signing a one-year deal worth up to $7 million. Is Geno Smith going to be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks this year, Aaron? No, he's not. He'll be the backup to Drew Locke to at least start the year. But the big thing here is I think it kind of takes Baker Mayfield out of play because you're not going to go pay Geno Smith $7 million to be a third stringer. Um, I think Baker Mayfield just lost his chance at Seattle. He talks too much. HBCU's own Akil Glass says he's the best quarterback in this year's draft. He is used to fighting for recognition. He's determined to make himself known in this year's draft class. AJ, what do you think about Akil Glass being the best quarterback in this draft? Who? Who? <laughs> Look, I appreciate the confidence because if you ain't going to say it about yourself, who's going to? But you're going to have to play it from third string. You better hope a lot of people get hurt in front of you. I know you see him running, but he's a statue. He's a statue. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, Kyler Murray reportedly will not play without a new contract. This has been taking over all the sports world today. Kyler Murray is just waiting on that deal, and he might not play this year. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm going to take a deep sigh. I'm going to let the buzzer run out, and then I'm going to get into my real thoughts. Listen, I believe Kyler Murray. And I know this has been a hot topic all over the airwaves today. I believe Kyler Murray will not play another down unless he gets a new deal. Now, does that mean that the Arizona Cardinals are not going to give him one? I think eventually they budge here. But how long and at what cost, right? Um, the There was reports that his agent said that they had an offer on the table that they've now retracted. And now it's in Arizona's court. I guess the ball's in their court, I guess you can say. But there hasn't been much dialogue there. Look, Kyler Murray's trying to get ahead of the game on a contract extension, and I honestly am not mad at him. He's improved that team two years in a row. It's The NFL is changing, and I think this is another situation where we, we see it's changing. Teams are going to have to start paying players earlier and more money, and as simple as that. And NFL teams don't want to do it. They're all reluctant, but I don't see a situation here where you trade you – trade or you get rid of a, a Josh Rosen after you drafted him after one year, you get rid of a Steve Wilkes after one year, you go get Cliff Kingsbury and bring in the guy that they wanted to build this franchise around. And then you just let him go and you trade him, or you don't get a deal done. I don't see that happening. But if, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm a little bit concerned with the moves we've seen from Russell Wilson. And I know Arizona said they're not going to trade him. We've heard that before. <laughs> and then, you know, something happens and he's gone. So uh, it's not a good thing, but I ultimately think Kyler Murray is back in the Arizona Cardinals uniform. And if not, maybe he plays baseball. Oh, who did he, he got drafted by like the A's, right? He's an he's A's. Still a, drafted, he's still right? a draft pick by the A's. They still own his rights. And uh, hey, with all the trading the A's have been doing, they could sure use him right about now. So, and, and again, he, he has a lot of leverage here, even though they have two years still on the deal. Uh, the players are getting more and more leverage each year, and I think Kyler Murray eventually will get paid. It's just about how Arizona wants to approach that. AJ, let me ask you this question here, and I heard this brought up mentioned today about Lamar Jackson. Obviously, is it, it, he has not come out and said he's not going to play without a new deal. But if you're Kyler Murray, would you rather wait on Lamar's contract and then possibly get paid even more? Obviously, Kyler and Lamar are not on the same level, but the way the the way the money world works is when someone else gets paid, it just keeps going higher and higher. If you're Kyler Murray, would you rather wait for Lamar to get his deal so you can make even more money? 
I don't because Lamar Jackson can be unpredictable uh, in this. Lamar Jackson represents himself. Kyler Murray has an agent. So if Lamar Jackson decides he's been really good with that organization, they've for the most part taken care of each other. So I would I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar Jackson decides to wait it out. With Kyler Murray, you have to remember this man has been injured each of the last two seasons. He's set to make five point five million on this upcoming deal. He's a guy that does need to get that financial security just before uh, sooner than later. Let's also not forget who's one of his best friends in the NFL, Baker Mayfield, who just got, besides being bad, just got tossed out basically for having a bad shoulder and playing like trash for an entire year. What happens if Kyler gets injured, tries to play to prove it for a contract year, doesn't play as well, and they decide to do the same thing? This is a guy who, when he was drafted, that team had three wins at that point in time. They replaced a previous number one overall pick for him. And then since the last three seasons, they've improved by three wins each of the last years and made it to the playoffs last season. I think he deserves his money. I don't think he should wait. And I wouldn't be surprised if he holds out to the exact last possible minute before he actually does make a decision. Okay. Okay. Uh, AJ, I, I didn't, or, or no, Vinny, I'm sorry. Vinny's the one who said it and AJ kind of answered it, but I don't think I don't think Kyler Murray waiting on Lamar Jackson does anything to the quarterback market. Um, he's not going to get as much as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's an MVP. Lamar Jackson has a playoff win. Um, Lamar Jackson has you know more accomplishments than a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has seen a jo- uh, Josh Allen get a deal. He's seen a Derek Carr, a Dak Prescott. That is the realm in which Kyler Murray is going to get his deal. He's going to be compared more to Dak Prescott and, and, and Derek Carr than he is going to be Lamar Jackson. And the reason being is he doesn't have the accomplishments. He can't go to the front office and say, Hey, I've won an MVP. Hey, I've led the league in touchdown passes. He, he hasn't done any of that yet. Lamar Jackson has. So Lamar Jackson has more leverage, obviously within his organization, but uh, I think this is more about Kyler Murray just wanting to get a big deal and whatever that number is, I'm sure it's upwards of about 40 million, which is what the quarterbacks are sitting at with Derek Carr and, and Dak Prescott. Um, Arizona's probably still thinking, are we sure this is our guy? And maybe for a couple of reasons, maybe it is an injury issue. Maybe it's the fact that he fit. They feel like he's been beat up over the past two seasons. He's a smaller quarterback. Can he sustain? And if we can't see him growing just in the past game where maybe his legs are no longer a threat. Is this the guy we want to pay for our future? Now I'm saying he should get paid. Like he's, he's an amazing thrower of the football, get an offensive line, protect him and and see what he can do. But maybe they're not on that same page. Maybe they're now having second thoughts about how long he can actually sustain success in the NFL because of his body type. And real quick, they need to look upwards in that coaching staff and in that front office and things of that nature. I'm not saying there's no blame on Kyler Murray, but there's something that needs to be done when you watch a team that starts as hot as they did for the past two seasons and then just fizzle completely like cold turkey style. The next day woke up and didn't look like they could play football for the second half of the season. That's something a coach has to be able to get get yourselves over the top with. So it's not all on Kyler Murray either. There are other things at play here. Uh, he he's a he's a fantastic quarterback and something needs to be worked out at the very least if it's not we are paying you right this moment yep yep i am on team kyler just to let you guys know i am on team kyler here (laughs) get your bag get your bag all right all right that does it for our news and nugs our top stories and everything in between it is now time to get into our top 10 wide receivers in this year's draft and 
we did this a little bit differently this time around, folks, because this is such a hard thing to do. We decided to put together a consensus wide receiver rankings that was released on our social media pages. If you have not seen it, please head on over to at Sac City Pod on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. This was the list we came together and made this happen. Garrett Wilson at number one, Drake London at number two, Jamison Williams at number three, Jahan Dotson at number four, Christian Watson rounds out the top five. Uh, if you're listening to us on any audio platform, please head on over to our uh, our Instagram or Twitter or Facebook pages to find out the rest of this list. But that is that. this is our list right here, guys. And this is a consensus. This wasn't someone's list. This is coming together and making this happen, which means eh, you might not be happy with some of these players and where they're at. There is one topic that I want to start with here because I've been dying. I have been just patiently waiting for this man down here, this guy, Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes, to talk to us about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You behind closed doors, I don't, I don't want to say behind closed doors, off the screen, you have been talking to us about how you're not you're not crazy about these two. And Garrett well, Wilson's well, the number well, one wide receiver. Well. Well, just stop. Stop. You're not. You're already making stuff up. You're already making stuff <laughs> up. First of all, I said Garrett Wilson is is legit. It's about Chris Olave, and they just happen to play on the same team. And I'm going to be bringing up some stuff about Ohio State. So yes, you're right. I know you what you want to get to. You want to get to the topic of Ohio State, and I'm going to yeah. say it. Ohio State wide receivers. I'm not a fan. Now, don't get me wrong. Like every other school, have they had guys come out and be successful? Absolutely. Most recently, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas. You can point directly to those two guys and say, hey, they've had some success at the wide receiver position. But since 1990, and these are numbers. These are just pure numbers. Since 1990, Ohio State has had six first-round receivers drafted. Ted Ginn, Anthony Gonzalez, San Antonio, San Antonio Holmes, Michael Jenkins, David Boston, Terry Glenn, and Joey Galloway. None of them... None of their NFL careers were first-round pick-worthy. The closest being Santonio Holmes, a Super Bowl MVP. I would, I would give you that one if you wanted to argue it. But the problem is, is the Ohio State receivers, time and time again in these middle rounds, second, third, fourth rounds, come into the NFL, and they just bust. And most of them have the same exact body type as Chris Olave. He's not big. He's not big. He's a down the field guy, but he cannot get off of coverage. He can't play physical. He reminds me exactly of one name and he was drafted in the second round. And you should know him Vinny. Cause you're a jets guy. Devin Smith, Devin okay, Smith yeah. out of Ohio state a few years back was supposed to be this gym. And I, you know, he's a second round pick. He to me is what Chris Olave is going to be. I just don't, believe in him. I don't believe in his physical abilities to get in and out of breaks, in and out of routes. He has some speed to be a game, uh, like a game changer, like a Ted Ginn type, similar body frame to Ted Ginn. But for a first round grade that most people have him as, I just think it's too much. I think if you're drafting Chris Olave in the second and third round, that's a different conversation. We're talking about Chris Olave going in the top 15 picks. This has this has Jalen Rager bust all over it. Like I just, that's what I feel like. I do not want to group Chris Olave with Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is the most ready to come into the, him and just Jahan Dotson, the most ready to come into the NFL and make an impact right away. 
He is the best combination of what you need as a receiver. The difference is Chris Olave, something is missing. There is something missing with this guy. He has breakaway speed, down the field threat. I just look at him and I see Devin Smith, Ted Ginn all over again. Even Joey Galloway, right? These are guys that were, they, they played that style in Ohio State, but they never really translated to the NFL. And that's what I see from him. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, what what do you say about, okay, so you you bring up the history of the Ohio State wide receivers, but as of late, there have been some very good wide receivers come out of the school. I mean, Terry McLaurin is a tier two wide receiver in this in the league. You got Michael and, Thomas. Look where they were drafted. That's my point. That's fair. Like, these, That's fair. But th- these but, guys but, were not I, first round but picks. Doesn't, these, that, th- doesn't that make it change a little bit? Are we now seeing okay, like these wide receivers, these wide receivers from Ohio State? These can be, these they can be those that dude. And from what I've seen from Chris Olave, he has been a guy that I I thought has been. Uh, I, I almost I texted you before before we did this. I was like, I might change my list after doing even more research on these guys. Chris Olave is a special talent, in my opinion. He's one of the best route runners in this draft class. I, he he was argu- he's arguably one of the best Ohio State wide receivers of all time, breaking records there for for touchdowns. And he was special at Ohio State. To me, he is able to do the things you want in an NFL wide receiver. And when I get your, what you're saying, where if you're drafting him in the top 15, maybe not, but he is definitely a first round wide receiver. In my opinion, just because of the things he can do, he is the most complete wide receiver in my opinion, next to Garrett Wilson. No way. No way. No way. He, he can't win enough on the outside. He doesn't have enough size. Out of every, out of when you look at everything, when you look at everything, no way. he no is the way. most complete wide receiver in this draft class. No way. I don't know Sorry. where you're coming with that. You were, you had me all the way up into the most complete because that's too far. You are because, correct. He, he has is probably it all. the best. He no, has he it all. I mean, he does not, he doesn't have it all. He, he does not, he does not play physical enough to have it all. He's more than likely going to be stuck in the slot in this, in the NFL because he's not big enough to win on the outside, especially against press man coverage. He's going to have to go to a system where they can scheme him up to get the ball correctly until he can blossom into somebody who can be a top number one receiver. Chris Olave is great. I'm higher on him than Aaron. I don't think I'm as high as I am as you are on him. Paris uh, Campbell, Chris Olave, same player, except Paris Campbell's been injured, like in the NFL. They're the same thing. All these guys from Ohio State are the same thing. You look at the guys that have been special. Michael Thomas is a little bit of a different build there. He's not that fast guy. He's more of a possession guy. Terry McLaurin is the one guy that looks like Chris Olave that turned out to be, like, obviously really, really good. And he was a third-round pick. Same body type, same skill set, similar skill set, except the difference is, is he has way better hands than Chris Olave. So let's see, let's see where you have Chris Olave on your list. You have him at number nine. Yep. Number now, now, nine. Let, let's be fair here. Let's be fair. I'm grading this on right what like if all these guys reached their maximum potential, I have him at number nine. I'm gonna go on record right now. I'm doing my mock in a few weeks. There will be seven. Wide receivers taken in the first round. So saying Chris Olave is nine, I still have him in the second, second round as a second round pick. I don't think that's a slight to him. I just think there's other guys with better attributes and more skills than than what he's going to bring at the NFL level. And if he goes to a place like the Dallas, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <The Dallas. laughs> but I don't yeah. want him. 
I would I would hope that that you would end up changing your tone for the, for that. Uh, AJ, where, so you AJ, you're high on. You say you're a little bit higher on Chris Olave. Where do you have Garrett Wilson, and what are your thoughts on? Oof. Do you, so, Aaron, are you okay on Garrett Wilson being the? Because our consensus has him as the number one wide receiver. You look at AJ. You have him very high, right? I do have him very high. He's one of my favorite receivers in this draft for multiple reasons. <laughs> a, I mean, he's the he's the consensus. I think number one receiver that's going to be taken. If you looked, I mean, on my list, he's number two. But again, I'm taking everything perfect in a perfect world potential yeah. for these guys. Where yeah. are they at? That's how I did my list. With with Garrett Wilson and some of the other guys that we're going to talk about in this top three. You can almost one A, one B, one C them. They just have these different traits about them that make them slightly different. One of Gate, one of my favorite things about Garrett Wilson uh, is is the fact that he practices being a pro right now. Every catch you see him make in the end zone, you will not. I, I have not seen him one time put one foot down. It has been two toes, three toes, four toes. He he makes the breaks he needs to at the right times. There's issues he has when he's running routes in the open field, but when it's time. When you have to make that route and it has to be precise, he's he's doing it. He's doing it. He is going to be one of the best receivers. He is probably the most NFL-ready uh, receiver to go from this draft. And you can say what you will about a Drake London and uh, some of the other guys. They still have a couple things to watch out. And I'm not saying Wilson doesn't, but to me, Wilson comes in day one as an, and is an impact player. Yeah, Skill-wise, he's definitely the best. By, by, to me, speed – Hands, route running ability, um, just IQ of the game, uh, yes. body movement, fluid. He is he is ready to go and be the number one like receiver on a team to me day one. And I think that's hard to do in the NFL. He is. Where are you on Garrett Wilson, sir? Well, <laughs> if we were to talk about my you list, ask I guess for we, a can reason. Get in, we can get into it. I do have him at number two because my number one is Jamison Williams, homer. and it's not, it's not because I'm a homer. It is not. It is. Surprise, surprise. It, is. it may be slightly because I'm a homer. Uh, but, no, I really do love what Jamison Williams brings to the table. And it's the guy that you guys argued with me about uh, when you compare Mike Evans and Tyreek Hill. Jamison Williams has that lightning speed that is going to be game-breaking, game-changing in the NFL. His separation between players, it, it's it's – the best in the in, in this draft class. No one gets separation like Jamison Williams. Now I understand ACL injury. You know, you're a little worried about how he's going to recover. And if you, people are saying he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, and maybe you don't want to invest in a wide receiver in the top 10 who you might not have at the beginning of the season. So we've got five to seven months, according to the doctors at the combine. This guy, though, Jamison Williams is incredible he's got the speed he's got the route running he can catch the ball he can do everything you want in a wide receiver better than everyone else in this draft class and that is why he's my number one wide receiver um he's very very good and if he does live up to his potential he could be the most productive uh you talk about the game breaking ability his game breaking ability is is definitely the best in this class um his elite speed the one thing i worry about him and this is a again goes to a translation into the nfl is he is not a natural catcher of the football he does not use his hands a lot he uses his body a lot and i'm not trying to make any comparisons here like dylan but i'm gonna say a name and i'd be embarrassed because i don't really want to compare them but I lived through it. I watched. Oh, my God. I can't even say it. Uh, 
He's shaken up by this. <laughs> okay. I- I'll let you guys say the name. He used to be a receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, played at Baylor alongside Des. Uh, Les- he came alongside Des Bryant, and he used to do nothing but catch with his body. I can't say his name. I'm going to use the Mitchell Trubisky argument here. I refuse to say his name. Played for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, his last name's Williams. Jesus, you guys oh. don't, don't know yet? Know. Okay. Uh, Anyways, uh, <laughs> Terrence Williams, I'll say it. Ugh, I just threw up. I just threw up in my mouth. So he bodied Damn, a lot of balls. So fast. But he had that <laughs> game-breaking speed, that game-breaking ability. He was really productive in college. I'm not comparing the two, but he had a lot of drop balls because of the fact that he tried to body everything. Um, I worry about Jamison Williams in that aspect. And then another thing to note. Jamison Williams was the third string wide receiver at Ohio state behind Garrett Wilson and behind Chris Olave. So as good as he's been at Alabama and as game breaking as he's been, he transferred, he left because he was number three on the depth chart behind those guys. So I worry about that a little bit as well um, about his ability to want to compete and, and be the guy. But I mean, he's going to be great. I, I'm not, I will say, say this. And when, when you look back at our consensus rankings here and we have Jamison Williams at number three, I'm okay with him being at number three also because I think Jamison Williams is the true definition of boomer bust. He's either going to be a top receiver in this game or he is going to be and he won't be in the league like that. He, he has those two outcomes that I see about Jamison Williams and that's coming again from an Alabama fan, but that's fair. AJ, let's give you the floor here. When you look at our consensus wide receivers, who is someone that is either too high or too low? So um, I, I kind of feel like I love this guy. I think the consensus, though, has Jahan Dotson slightly too high. Uh, love him. We talked about him the other day. I raved about him. I understand, but I'm also thinking about where he's going to go. I'm also thinking about. Uh, what he needs to do to polish up on his game. And I'm also thinking about how he was able to win in college. In the NFL, it's not going to start right away. Of course, when we're talking about the end game and when it's all said and done, he might climb up those ladders all the way. And I'm not saying he needs to drop to like eight, but maybe he's the top of the second half of that list. You know, when you're looking at guys like when you're looking at guys like Christian Watson, when you're looking at guys like what Traylon Burks may be able to do if he goes to the right place, his game-breaking speed matched with his size. I think those will translate more immediately to the NFL than Jahan Dotson will. Again, we just heard me on Wednesday rave about Jahan Dotson. I really, really, really like him. We talked about how close a lot of these guys are. But when you think about some of the things that are going to translate to the NFL, to those other two guys right behind him, I think you might be able to put him right there and watch him climb. I'd rather be correct on him being better than having him at four and be like, oh, no, I hope I was wrong. You know, like, you see what I'm saying? Maybe, nope. possibly. Jahan Dotson has the best. <laughs> Jahan Dotson has, has the, the best, best hands of this draft, and oh, I, he's an amazing route runner. I don't see how this might be the safest wide receiver to take. You're talking about a guy that's going to be productive in the NFL, in my opinion, no matter what. Yeah, he's small, right? But we've seen this transition to small guys. We talked about this the other day. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill. We're seeing guys that are smaller have more success mainly because the game has changed. They're working in space a lot more. The defense is not allowed to put their hands on you as long. It, the game has changed to allow these types of players to have success at this level. And outside of Garrett Wilson, I think he is the one guy that can come in right away and have immediate impact that you don't have to wait for. You don't have to worry about his upside and wait for him to, to get it. He's smart. He understands playbooks. He understands route concepts. 
he to me is the safest wide receiver outside of Garrett Wilson. And I think he's going to come in day one. And you do mention places you get drafted. That always matters, right? If he goes and he plays for the Atlanta Falcons, maybe, I don't know when they could draft. Maybe they'd wait till the second round, they get him or whatever. And they don't have a way to get him the football. (laughs) Yeah. He could be impacted by that. But for the most part, I think if you get him, I think you're getting a guy day one that comes in and makes an impact as a rookie. If we get Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson to go along with Kyle Pitts, uh, well, as Vinny has said on this show many times, I'll cream my pants. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, you 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 threw me for a swerve here because in our doc, I I, I, we, we listed like the, the players that we're going to be talking about on the show. And I put your name next to Jahan Dotson and he ended up being number four. I didn't think you were going to shit on Jahan Dotson. I put your <laughs> I name there because I you like Jahan him, I Dotson. I, I could have swore you were taking it to that to that route, but you didn't. Right, okay, I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm fine okay, with you it. You do you. Here's the deal. I will tell you with 100% complete honesty. I will pull those curtains back. Um, I use a separate doc. I take my stuff and I make my notes. Uh, so I hadn't actually seen they had me here, number one. And then number two, once you pulled it back up, I was like, oh, I got to move quick. And I pulled Jahan Dotson and we just went. You know, I got to be able to adapt to you a ever hear that? name. You ever, hear that? The, you ever hear that uh, Kevin Hart joke where he's like, where he's like spending money with uh, with Dwayne Wade. He's like, I got to check in in the savings. And when my yeah. bank account works, takes two or three business days. Yeah, that, just, that's what you sound like. Or like you're all like over the, the place. Or like the joke when like the, you, your wife catches you doing something you're not supposed to, and she comes to the house. Oh, I don't know. Dusty just gave you a key. You just gonna let yourself? Uh, yeah, that that is you right now. That is you right. I, I, thought everyone I don't. Was I don't chips. think I shat on him. I think I brought up concerns that multiple people have brought up because even though I'm high on him, they a lot of people still think he's gonna fall to the early second round. So it's not like everyone else has him going at this top notch receiver. So it's not like <laughs> but that's I'm not saying, what oh, these lists crack. are. These lists are not about where they're going to go. These lists are about who are the best receivers in the class. This is they, these, all these players are in the NFL. Which one's the most productive? Which one is, are we talking about three years from now as a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown? That's the conversation here. And I think Jahan Dotson's right up there. And, I, I, and now we, we do. And now that we're talking about now that we're talking about that and players are going to come in and, and dominate. I told you this, Aaron, right before we, we went live. I think George Pickens is going to be one of the best wide receivers, if not the number one wide receiver from this draft class. When we look five, 10 years down the road, George Pickens is going to be the guy. He doesn't have a lot of tape for then That's the biggest thing that everyone's talking about. He's only got one year of production at Georgia and everything he did. And when you watch this tape, this guy goes up and gets the ball. He's aggressive. He attacks the ball. His route running is incredible. He's got great speed. I said earlier that Chris Olave is the most complete wide receiver in this draft. George Pickens, <laughs> I'm not saying is the most complete wide receiver in this draft, but this man, I, again, I, I will, we can write this down 39 minutes of episode 19, April 15th. George Pickens is going to be the best player from this draft class. He is going to not lead his, to, and you talk about, to take that back. And you talk about fits. You talk about best fits. This is a guy who's not going to go in the first round. He's going to go in the later rounds. He could end up in a great situation like what DK Metcalf was in when he got when he went to Seattle. Obviously, it's not really working out that great right now, but the, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. He could go later enough to where he goes to a great situation and he's already got the talent. This guy if he, with more product with more time at Georgia, he would have been a first round pick, guaranteed. 
Guaranteed top 10 pick. Um, Talent-wise, I can't argue. Like, talent-wise, the talent is there. He has all the measurables, right? We talk about the things that he's able to do on the football field. Uh, the lack of playing time is very concerning. I mean, you play 24 games in three years, and you barely get 1,200 yards. Um, it's not – it just hasn't been what you expect from a – quote, big time player. Um, he has a, he had a torn ACL. So injury concerns, obviously an issue. He's had off the field issues, locker room issues at Georgia. Um, these are concerns which make a player with his talent makes you go in the third, fourth round. People tend to be shy away from you. So yeah, could he mature? Maybe, but he's 21. He's a young guy. He's still got a lot to learn. Now you're going into a business where there's no college coach that's going to hold your hand and walk you through life. Um, I worry about the maturity of a player like that, but from a skill set perspective, I think you're you're you hit it right on the head. He has the talent and ability to be at that level. I just know too many times we've seen in the NFL that you pay a guy who's immature, and it just never works out. So I, I wonder about that. Hopefully, he goes to a locker room that has strong leadership, somebody to take him under his wing. Uh, but from a skill set wise, I mean, you, you can't really argue the fact that he has the talent. You may you may laugh at me for this one, and I'm just I'm just throwing <laughs> stuff at wall and see if something's stick. T. Higgins, yeah. fair comparison. Uh, from what standpoint? I don't know. I just see T. Higgins when I watch this guy. <laughs> ability I, wise, ability wise, I mean his draft projection he, is is where I mean sort of was. T. Higgins I produced his final year as a junior as much as Pickens did his whole college career, so. So I'll, I'll say two things on that with the T Higgins comparison from Vinny. I don't know if he's as natural a wide receiver as T Higgins is. He can do some of those things like high point the ball. He can get some separation out of breaks that you really like that T Higgins can do. Can do. And then to what, what you've said a couple times now, Aaron, with the production, I, I, when it comes to wide receivers, part of me, while we look at it, I try not to put way too much stock into it because George Pickens, the year that he was playing more often than not, that was the year they didn't, they were rotating quarterbacks. There was Eason in there. There was Stetson in there. Like they had so many different trigger men behind the line of scrimmage that it just kind of changed some things up. Now, where you want to see a guy as a wide receiver who makes their quarterback sometimes, that could have been something we could have used to, to uplift him instead of taking the production, pushing it down. But so like I, I see what you're saying because it does matter, but I don't I don't like to put too much stock in their production because the situation sometimes is just so completely Let's different. be honest though. Let's be honest. He plays in the SEC. I don't care who your quarterback is. You've got one of the better quarterbacks in the country in the SEC, no matter how you look at it. You get you're getting the best players. You should be able to produce. That that Fair to enough. me, that's not even I mean, I don't care. I don't care if it was Vinny Milani behind center. Hey. If Georgia recruited hey. you to come play quarterback and you're behind center and you're getting a starting job, you should be able to produce more than 400 yards as a top, supposedly top wide receiver. I mean, Kirby Smart, I'm, I'm looking at my masters. Maybe I go to Georgia. You recruit me. I can be a, a nice little long snapper, you know? I, Every, I could do that. Stop, stop. <laughs> everybody loves his, everybody loves that, that one clip of Pickens when he like runs up and shoves the DB like he's this physical player. He's not. This dude's tall and lanky, and if you get a guy, you put Jalen Ramsey. I'm not, you know, Jalen Ramsey does this to a lot of receivers, but you match up Jalen Ramsey with George Pickens. Jalen Ramsey's going to abuse George Pickens physically. He's just going to beat him up, and then probably mentally too, because George six three and two hundred pounds. 
that is a very small, like thin frame. Like he doesn't have the strength to to get off of coverage consistently. He wins because of his height and he kind of, you know, bodies people out. But I wonder if that translates really, really well to the NFL. This is the kind of stuff that's hard to gauge because the measurables are there. But do, does he go put on, does he need to put on weight? Because T Higgins is almost 220. Right. And T Higgins is a very, very physical receiver, whereas Pickens is 200 and not as physical. So um, yeah. I don't know. Again, I like him, but there are some red flags that would keep me as an organization. I'm probably looking at him in the draft like we do, like we've done sometimes in fantasy drafts. His name's there and you're like, man, that could be a good player. I want to <laughs> take him. But I know this guy over here. I know what he's going to give me. I'm going to go there. So that's, uh, that's what I see happening to him in this draft. That's fair. Let me let me let me go to the comments here real quick. I got two comments. I'm going to send one your way, AJ, and one your way, Aaron. Uh, this first one's going to go to you, Aaron. It's from a new listener. We always love when new viewers and new listeners uh, tune into the show. Uh, at NFL Arizona Cardinals, not the real Cardinals, but uh, someone who is probably a big fan of the Cardinals. He says, "I would put Eric. I'm not going to even try that one. Nope. I want I you would, to say it. Eric Inzukanam. Ooh, Inzu Inzukan. Oof." Inzukanma, Inzukanma, is it? Okay, I didn't. I didn't do my research on him. I've honestly, I've never heard of him. To be completely honest, Uh, but he says he said Eric E (laughs) from Texas Tech at six three two twenty over Tolbert, who we had at number ten. He says he, despite two coaching staff changes and bad quarterback play, still was consistent. Also, late in the season, he played running back and wide receiver. Uh, Aaron, tell me about. This player, and <laughs> like you tell me about your concern and your interest at at the number ten spot because all three of us had different number tens. So talk to me about this guy, Eric E, and talk to me about your number ten. Um, it's funny he mentions this guy because I actually did a little bit of research on him. Not not much. He is a straight line speed guy. And in the NFL, that's tough to really break into that top tier of that that wide receiver talent. He's not going to be able to get across the middle of the field in and out of breaks, which is going to be a problem. He does have the ability to get off press coverage with his size, but he's got good hands. I think he's somewhere just in the middle of the road. There's nothing special that stands out. And to me, I always want something special at my number 10. I look for a special player, right? I look for somebody that could be dynamic and game changing. Could he be a a serviceable third wide receiver on an NFL roster. Sure. I can't pronounce his name. I would just call him big E, (laughs) but I don't know that he fits into the top 10. I think that's a little too high. I think right now he's projected uh, somewhere late fifth, sixth round, something like that. It's not, he's not super high on many boards. Um, So I worry about uh, stuff like that. I don't see dynamic with him and he is a junior, which maybe he could have stayed another year um, and played, but Probably in my mid thirties at the position, I, I got a lot of guys that I would I would take ahead of. Him. That's a lot. That's a lot. Who do you have at number ten over him then? Yeah, my number ten. Uh, pretty simple here for me. I, I look at a guy and I, I, I'll bring him up. He's he's my one of my favorite players in this draft. His name is Wandell Robinson from Kentucky. This is Randall Cobb two The way they use those receivers at Kentucky is special. He used to, he's a he's a guy who was a running back. In Nebraska for two seasons before he came to Kentucky, he was highly productive as a running back, both in the run game and the pass game. He comes to Kentucky and he switches to full time, basically at the receiver position over a thousand yards, receiving a hundred catches. Like this is a guy you get the ball, the line of scrimmage, and you say, go do little work, you little bowling ball. He's a small guy. 
but he finds ways to get into creases and holes. And he just reminds me so much of what Randall Cobb was able to do with that Kentucky offense that I do believe he can be a player that's like Randall Cobb 2.0. Mm. Mm. I got, I, I got another name. He was a great player. He was a part of the reason <laughs> Kentucky was being talked about in football. I hadn't seen that in years, and I came from an SEC town. So, uh, I mean, it's a good pick. Uh, His name's Wandale. You can't, you can't, you can't really hit on a dude named Wandale. <laughs> oh my. I can't. I'm not oh getting my. into this one. I'm not, I'm not getting <laughs> hey, into hey, this one. I, hey, we're not going to mention him today because we removed him. But we I'll take Wandale. I'll, I'll take Wandale Robinson over Mr. Sky Moore, who Ooh. sounds like he should be playing in the WNBA. And I'm not Ooh. knocking him. Just the name sounds like you you on the uh, the Houston Comets or whatever, <laughs> the, the Los Angeles Sparks <laughs> or the Phoenix Mercury. I don't hey, sound the New like York Liberty man. Shout out, shout out, New York hey. Liberty. We hating on Sky Moore. That man got some talent, man. He's definitely he does. and a lot of people, a lot of people have him pretty high. I, I'm just yeah. I, when I hear yeah. Sky Moore, I don't think NFL football player. I'm just gonna say, that. Mm. yeah, uh, I feel bad when I think about Smoke Monday, but you know, here we are. So, <laughs> hey, that's a name, man. That's a better. That that is a that twelve years from now when he's popping up on rosters, you'd be like, I remember Smoke Monday. I remember that dude. That's how that's what Smoke Monday is gonna be. I remember Smoke Monday. Uh okay, AJ, you get the next question here. It's from Bailey. Uh, why do you have Burks behind Olave? You actually have oh, you do have you do have Burks over uh, or behind Olave as well. Why do you yeah. have Burks so behind so like Olave? you? I do think I do think Olave is a little more polished than uh uh, a little more polished and trail on Burks. Uh, the route running that Alave has will be able to get him that separation that people are worried about him getting for his size and his breakaway speed kind of gives me that that comfort that I'm looking for. Now, when it comes to trail on Burks, he's got size and speed, but he's mostly that physical specimen you're looking for. There are certain things in his game that you need to do with him, uh, getting him to high point the ball, getting him to make those 50-50 balls, which he can still uh, which he can still kind of improve. But where I worry about him is sometimes he's a little slow out of his breaks. Sometimes he's he's slow when he needs to stop and turn around. And that becomes a problem when you need a guy to do a curl or a back shoulder comeback. If he's slow on that stop and turn back, that's when that ball can sail and you're looking at a pick that can go the other direction. So Traylon Burks is going like again, is going to be really good. And but I do believe he needs to go to a certain team that is looking for that style of player. Whereas I believe Olave can go just about anywhere. And I'm not saying he'll be their number one, number two, but Olave will fit in most places and be ready to be ready to play. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's end it here, gentlemen. There's one last player that we have to talk about. One more player we have to talk about. Consensus has this man at number five. Aaron, you have this man at number one. Some people might not even know who Christian Watson is. You should know who Christian Watson is, but tell us why you have him at number one, where most people have him just around 10, eight, maybe highest I've seen. Well, Chris Sims had him at number one, too. So maybe, maybe that, maybe, maybe you're on the same page as Chris Sims, but why do you, you <laughs> have Christian Watson? Um, first, I'll start with just the measurables, right? I mean, you're talking about a dude that is six foot four, 210 pounds, runs four, three. Uh, I mean, he jumps out of the gym at almost a 40 inch vertical. He, he's super athletic, right? So you're just not finding guys with that level of athletic ability that are that big. He's a natural pass catcher, reliable hands. 
go, he goes up and gets 50-50 balls with a guy that has that speed. He's been elite in the special teams game as a kick returner. I mean, this is a guy who can play everywhere. Slot, you want to put him in the slot and tell him to go make plays? He can. He has long arms to get off of defensive backs. He plays fast. He's confident, which I love at the receiver position. I like guys that know that they can go out and say, I don't care who you put in front of me, I can beat them. Um, I just think he can do and fit into any scheme. I will tell you the weaknesses everybody's going to point out. He plays at North Dakota State University, right? Uh, no, I've got a weakness. Well, let me let me finish. Okay, okay I thought he, I, he plays okay. it. He plays at North Dakota State University, and another an, another issue is obviously the fact that he didn't have the high level of production as the top wide receivers, but. People don't realize North Dakota is a run first team. They don't throw the ball very much at all, uh, if ever. And so you see a 43 catches for 800 yards and you're like, oh, that's not blowing anybody out of the water. But he was the main guy there. He was their playmaker. They just don't throw the ball a whole lot there. And the fact of the matter is he had some drop issues. But I want the athletic ability of a guy like this that I feel like can translate and play in any scheme in any system in the NFL. And again, his athletic ability is off the charts. I, I don't know what else you want from the man. I think he has it all. See, I now. my I was going to point out the the drops, and when you look at the numbers here, this is the list of the drop percentage for like most of the, the top wide receivers in this in this draft class. You look at Christian Watson there at the bottom right; he's got the highest at twelve point seven percent. You already brought up the fact that at North Dakota State they were more of a run first team. And this guy still has the worst drop percentage. Yeah, because he's not seeing the ball. <laughs> he, he only getting 60 targets a year. Doesn't that, does that not, obviously that, that has to concern you, but like that, it, that that's know, where, and, and you have, but doesn't. I get, I'm not saying that he's not talented and he, he shouldn't be a high draft pick, but at number one, that's a stretch to me. Well, again, th this is not about where you draft these guys. Because I'm not telling anybody that Atlanta should draft Christian Watson ahead of Garrett Wilson or ahead of Jamison Williams or ahead of Chris Olave. I mean, maybe Chris Olave. But I'm not telling them that, that they get drafted that way. I'm telling you that when they these guys get to the NFL and in two years we're saying which wide receiver was the best out of that draft class, it's going to be Christian Watson. Because the fact of the matter is, is you can't teach what he has. And the drops could be an issue, but I can remind you of many receivers in the NFL that had drop issues, including one that we could argue is one of the top three receivers of all time in Terrell Owens, who dropped ball after ball after ball. But his playmaking ability and his ability to play the game of football just superseded the drops. And, and we've seen guys, receivers drop footballs, running backs we see come in with fumble issues, and some coaches can fix that, some can't. But I don't think, I'm not looking at his drops and I'm saying, well, that takes me from who I think is going to be the top rated wide receiver. And now I'm worried about him. He's going to be my number five guy. No, thank you. Give me that guy that can make plays. And if he drops a ball or two, Hey, I'll live with it. Deontay Johnson led the NFL in drops one year. The next year he had two drops the entire season. I, I think those are concentration issues that can be fixed within a player. Um, and as they mature, I think that also improves. So uh, this has, he just has everything to me. He has the most upside uh, for me. What's his ceiling, you yeah. think? <clears throat> I mean, as top. far as as far as like yeah. like, like top like receiver in the league type, yeah, like yeah, like in like in like put it this years, way, where is he? I, I I can see Christian Watson being better than like year by year three or four. I would have him over guys like DK Metcalf, um, AJ Brown, like right in that area. 
He 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 is a physical specimen. A guy. I mean, the dude's six four. One's a four three. Like he's got burners. Uh, and you, you talk about you talk about not being able to catch the ball. Guys like that, when you're not seeing the ball so much, you get so excited because you know what you can do with the ball in your hands. And and the first thing you're doing at this young age is you're attacking the pass and you're ready thinking about the next move. That's something that you polish up in the pros. You know, so I, I'm not I'm not too worried about his drop suit because I've watched him catch it at the high point and what he can do after is is just another crazy stat for some other people. But the other thing I want to point out that people are saying is the fact that he comes from a small school. If there's ever a position to me that I don't really worry about the competition you play, it's wide receiver. If you can play wide receiver, you can play wide receiver. Some of the best wide receivers in NFL history came from small colleges. We talk about Antonio Brown from Central Michigan, Western Michigan, I think it was, uh, Central Michigan, Cooper Cup, Eastern Washington, uh, Devontae Adams, Fresno State, Jerry Rice, the best receiver of all time, went to Mississippi Valley State. If you can play receiver, you can play receiver. Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry went before A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. Who do you think is better of those five? If you can play receiver, I don't care if you went to North Dakota State. I don't care if they change rules. You get drafted out of high school. Bring yep. that ass. Let's go. You, you didn't even mention the fact that the other two top three receivers, Randy Moss played at Marshall. Marshall. Uh, T.O. played for, uh, I can't even remember what school he went yeah, to, but it, was, went, it wasn't a big yeah. school. Uh, like, those guys, it, it doesn't matter. If you can run routes, catch a football, and make plays, you can play in the NFL. And I, I don't think being at a small school really matters. Not to mention, Calvin Johnson, okay, Georgia Tech, they did not throw the ball a whole lot. And he was the number two overall draft pick, and people were like, Physically, he's special, but he never got a lot of work. It didn't matter. He's one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen. So um, not saying Christian Watson's Calvin Johnson, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, maybe not with the thick lower half and everything. <laughs> YouTube critics have lost their mind. All right. That does it, though, for our top 10 wide receivers in this year's draft class. If you want uh, to rewatch or do anything, watch this again, listen to it again. Please follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, at Sac City Pod. AJ, let me, uh, I'll, I'll let you take this one over here. Please tell the beautiful people at home where they can follow us at. Okay, I think I got this. I think I got this. Ladies, gentlemen, we appreciate y'all kicking it with us for this hour. At the Sac City Pod, you watch us right here on YouTube, where I know you've already hit that subscribe button and then got on your phones like, oh my gosh, I saw the best show ever on YouTube. It's called Sac City Pod. You should go follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, all at Sac City Pod. Hit those likes, hit those shares. We appreciate all the love. And Vinny, you want to go here? Of course I do. We are doing our, your team, your pick submission, video submissions once again this year for our live draft special on April 28th. We want you to submit a one minute video telling us uh, your team and your pick and why. Submit those videos to SacCityPod at gmail.com or on our socials like AJ just beautifully told us at SacCityPod. The deadline for those submissions are April 26th. Please submit those videos. Talk some trash. Let us know who your team should pick and why let us know be a part of our draft special it is the best time of year ah man this is this is great we're loading up i believe aaron you said you mentioned the other day that we are at about like 60 plus videos already for for our draft coverage and we've covered so many so yep. many players it's unbelievable just getting started we'll be back 
We'll be back again live uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on Monday. We resume our viewing pleasure on Roku Wednesday at 8 or Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. You're not going to want to miss it. We are everywhere. We are taking over the world. Sac City Podcast, baby. This is, this is the city. This is where it's at. For your boy, AJ Johnson. For my best friend, Aaron Mukes. I am me. We will see you Monday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.